world of students at Hogwarts are sorted into houses according to Whatever that shifty sorting hat says they ought to do I asked Dumbledore if I could be sorted, he said so I Blank. But I could get reported to the Ministry of Magic for incorrect procedure You're not a wizard, you're a P.I. Hello and welcome to Sorted! I'm Alex. I'm JD. And this is not a Harry Potter podcast, but instead a podcast about everything else viewed through the lens of Harry Potter. Harry Potter is inherently flawed and sorting even more so, but it's still fun to view characters in this way. And today, we bring you mystery. Oh. Oh, is that it? <laughs> we just bring mystery? I assume there'd be at least like three things, you know, rule of three. Oh. No, we only bring mystery. We bring you mystery, intrigue, and murder. Oh. I was going to go mystery, drama, and intrigue. Mm. The drama! There is so much drama! Ah. Um, so we watched Knives Out last night. <laughs> first time I've ever seen it. Not the first time I've seen it, but I really, really like it. Mm. And now we're going to sort it. Yeah. And this is a movie. Like, okay, so there is a... This is a movie. <laughs> Shut up, let me finish my thoughts. How's hot take? Let me Knives finish... Out is a movie. <laughs> let me finish my thoughts! Sorry. Our show has a sort of standard, like, spoiler warning on it. Like, yeah. you don't listen to this thing if you don't mind spoilers. This is a movie that is particularly... Do not listen to this if you have not watched Knives Out. Stop listening to this podcast and go watch Knives Out because it's really good. Unless you have, like, no interest in murder mystery, which, fair enough. I mean, it's, it's a relatively fun, light-hearted movie. Like, yeah. I, like, it's not a comedy. It's, it's maybe kind of a dark comedy. There are a couple of funny bits, but like that's not what it's going for. Yeah, I think it's quite funny, actually. Yeah, I suppose. It's, I mean, it's funnier than a lot of murder mysteries, yeah. I suppose. It's kind of, it's like a classic whodunit. Yeah. Um, but we will be talking about who did the murder. Yeah. And we will mention spoilers. So if this is a movie that you want to watch, which I highly recommend, yeah. don't listen to this. Okay, Alex, who's up first? The private investigator of myth and legend himself, Benoit Blanc. Okay. I don't know. It, it's so t- Why are you making this, like, such a big thing? I'm so confused. The dramatic energy is here. Okay. Within me. Remember how, like, the first, like, 10, 20 minutes of the film, he's just sat there behind all these, in- <laughs> these interviews, and he's just obnoxiously hitting a single piano key. He does. He only does it when they are lying. Right. So he's telling them, I know you're lying. Yeah. So Daniel Craig. Yeah. James Bond. Uh-huh. Is undercover. This is a James Bond movie. No. He's undercover as a PI, no? No, it's not that's not how, That's how I was reading it the whole time. That's less interesting to me. <laughs> what if in James Bond, Benoit Blanc is undercover the whole time? That I like better. <laughs> I love this detective because he's kind of an idiot. Yeah, so... I mean, he's he is and he isn't, though. Yeah. Because here's the thing. He knew he did it the whole time. Yeah. Because he spotted a, a major clue that everyone else missed. Yeah. And so, as I was saying watching it, like, you and Sam and Carmel mm-hmm. were saying that he's a complete idiot and like this and I'm like no I think he knows what's going on I think he's figured out figured out who did it and like he's just playing the part and that was for the most part the case he at the very least knew Marta was involved yeah. so the whole time when he's having her act as his sidekick so he can keep an eye on so her. he can keep her close and see what she does 
see if she incriminates herself more. And what he learned from that is she's a very kind, good person. Yeah. Who's just trying to do the best she can. Which leads him to believe that, like, okay, maybe there is something else going on here. Yeah. But yeah, like, he's very in tune with everything that's going on, but he definitely presents himself as, like, he just says just stupid shit. Someone clearly thinks that there's foul play here. So he's operating the whole time under the assumption that there is, completely disregarding the police's assumption that it was a, merely a suicide, mm-hmm. which it clearly was still a suicide. He obviously did slit his own throat. But why? Yeah. So private eye. Mm-hmm. Inherently leads towards Ravenclaw. Yeah, absolutely. Like, if you're literally you're you dedicated your life to solving mysteries and to finding the solution to a, a puzzle and a problem. He talks a lot about following the arc of the truth or something. The, there's something about a rainbow. Y- yeah, um, basically like seeing how things have gone and where things land yeah. and following that to the correct conclusion. Yeah. And, like, seeking out, like, the, the true order of events. Not just accepting, a, like, the most obvious version, if there are holes in that idea. Uh, which feels very Ravenclaw. Yeah, and I mean... Despite his stupid lines about, like, this case is a donut with a smaller donut inside of it. <laughs> like, my dude, what? <laughs> is... Also, is there any more Ravenclaw a line than makes no damn sense? <laughs> Compels me, though. Compels me, though. <laughs> that is extremely Ravenclaw. That is, like, <laughs> such a Ravenclaw line. Uh, the police are willing to accept this was a suicide and not question the holes. He's picking at every little hole. He won't, re- he won't rest until he understands every aspect of it. The most crucial one being why he was hired. He's, mm-hmm. a, he's a good detective because he's gone through that and because he's thought yes. about that. Like, he's very meticulous. He's taking yeah. track of everything. He's You guys attention. thought he was an idiot. No. <laughs> he's also still kind of an idiot. No. No, he's usually... This is what I said. He's not a wordsmith. <laughs> no. <laughs> this, this is what I said while I was watching and why I, I very much do love this character is that, like, I... I, this is gonna sound so like tooting my own horn, but I am very good at solving <laughs> mysteries. I am very good at like putting clues together and working things out like that. But I am also a dumbass. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, this character. Yes, I feel it. Let's talk about Marta. Yeah, let's talk about Marta. So uh, Benoit Blanc is a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Cool. Marta. Marta Cabrera. So Marta is the nurse. Mm-hmm. She is Harlan's nurse, or she was Harlan's nurse. Yes. And as everyone says the whole time, she's like part of the family. They all love her and support her. Yeah. And they all thought she should have been at the funeral, but they were outvoted. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> They're all assholes. Jacob? <laughs> they all decided to accept what the Nazi kid wants. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's fascinating that they've got a whole thing about there being a Nazi kid because that's barely relevant. Yeah, it's really not. So Marta is Harlan's nurse. Yeah. And like this, as she said at the beginning, like her duties became more because he needed a friend. And they were genuinely good friends. Yeah. The whole time we see this flashback, they're like playing games and like she's trying to be like, "Come on, you need to go to bed." And he's like, "It's my birthday," and they're goofing around a bit. Yeah, like, they're they're very close, and through the plot, we find out that he genuinely respects her. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously she respects him, too. Yeah. Like they she... have a very mutual, like, understanding 
of each other. The whole family, for the most part, they're, you know, one percenters. Yeah. Oh, we're so great and immigrants bad and even the ones that are like, no, it's fine, they're still exceptionally misguided and stupid about it. Yeah. And the moment that it th- things are going bad for them, they'll turn on that and like threaten Marta's family with being yeah. deported. Whereas Harlan essentially concocts this whole plot and slits his own throat primarily to protect Marta's family. Yeah. Like to make sure they don't get deported. And he's like he's uh, he's aware that they are illegal immigrants. Mm-hmm. He doesn't care. No, like, he because is... he sees who she is as a person. He essentially kills himself. Yeah. To. Well, he literally does because he yeah. was. Because t- turns out he wasn't going to die. Yeah. He literally slit <laughs> yeah. his own throat. Marta says herself, she's fine if she has to go to jail and whatever. It's just about her family. Yeah, and like in Harlan's last moments, he spent like he's like, okay, I'm about to die. Within ten minutes, I'll be dead. So here's what we're gonna do to make sure that you don't get in trouble for this and yeah. your family is fine and safe because that's more important than my life. <laughs> One final murder mystery. Like, um, it, ha- it helps that he is a murder mystery writer. Yeah, and someone does say a line about how like the plots would come into his head fully formed. Yeah, and I think that that kind of happens in that scene. Yeah, uh, which is really fun to watch. Yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about Harlan. We're talking about Marta. We know that Marta is the only one who can beat Harlan in Go, Go. aside from Ransom. Um, yeah. And we know that she, like, genuinely cares about Harlan and is doing her job. Yeah. I mean, she's, like, in that in that scene where they're in his private little room, she did look kind of tired, but, I mean, it was mm. nearly midnight. Yeah, that's because it was late. Like, she'd been working the whole time and dealing with his family yeah we see other scenes of him telling her about the family mm-hmm. little scenes of them just basically just hanging out just yeah. like like she's his confidant yeah They're, they are best friends yeah <laughs> it's nice yeah um slight side note they do such a good job of making you hate the family oh yeah <laughs> like they sort of start out as just like oh yeah these good people like yeah. they want to well, take care of her and, like, and stuff some of but... them are because they're like okay you're the bad one but the other yeah. ones they're being alright yeah oh but by... oh Oh. By the end of it, it's like, oh yeah, you all deserve, like, none of you deserve this money. You're all assholes. Except Meg. <laughs> Except Meg. Who, like, we know Marta will take care of. Yeah. You know? Like, it'll, she'll be fine. Yeah. Anyway. Marta is a Hufflepuff. Yeah? Honest. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Literally cannot lie. <laughs> because she pukes. What a convenient character trait. That's so fun, though. For murder mystery. Yeah. She's extremely honest, even if, like, she doesn't want to be. Yeah. Um, so hardworking, so loyal. Patient. Patient. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, like, she's absolutely a Hufflepuff. Yeah. She just wants the best for everyone. Yeah. Help. And Blanc, the whole time, whenever he's, like, having a conversation with her, he's like, you, you're kind-hearted. Yeah. Like, you... You're gonna do the right thing. If the entire family hadn't immediately turned to shit on her the moment they found out she was getting the money, she probably would have returned it to them or otherwise helped them out or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. So we see these scenes after the funeral or whatever, before the will reading, and they're like, we're gonna take care of you, we're gonna make sure you're all right. And like, they didn't have to say that or anything at that point. Yeah. Like, like it's not like they're completely heartless, horrible people. Yeah. But they're also very self-centered like, yes. they'll take care of people around them, but they've got to make sure that they're at the top. They're number one. Yes. Yeah, as soon as that power balance is shifted, they they drop all of that. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, even though, like, she can't 
lie, mm. she is still willing to, like, her honesty sort of transcends that, like, physical response to lying yeah. in that she, when she, she is convinced that she has killed Harland and she is willing to stand before the family and, like, confess. Mm-hmm and go to jail for her supposed crimes and stuff. Like, she's oh, she's so honest and good. <laughs> Hufflepuff. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think it's time we talk about the murder boy. <laughs> the one who did the crime. Brace yourself for the spoilers. Chris fucking Evans. Ransom. Hugh. Is... His first name is Hugh. Both Ransom. names are terrible. Ransom is his middle name. Also, he's only called Hugh for the dramatic plot moment I know. of Hugh did this. It's so good, though. I love it. No, it's it. not. It's stupid. I love it. It's some Phoenix Wright shit. What if the murderer hadn't been called Hugh? That moment wouldn't have happened. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's fiction. <laughs> stupid. I love it. Uh. So, Ransom isn't even in, like, the first half of the film. Yeah. Apart from in a f- single flashback that's played, like, seven times of him <laughs> leaving the party. Yeah. When he shows up, we, he is established as the jerky asshole. Yeah, the black the sheep. The black sheep because he's, like, he's just been mooching off the money and not doing anything and da 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 Yeah, everyone else has built their own companies or whatever. And yeah. Done, you know, made something of themselves. Self-made people. <laughs> Which, like, we know is not actually the case. Yeah, the, more, the longer it goes on, the more we realize that's not the case. Yeah. But then he shows up, oh, and he's going to help Master, he's helping her escape and he's being her, he's being her confidant now. He's the one, he's, like, trying to help her cover up the evidence of her terrible crime and <laughs> and it's because he knows that she didn't commit a crime yeah because he did yeah <laughs> and also uh, like it's kind of fascinating right like so we get the scene where he's like I'll help you through this you keep the money but then give me my share mm-hmm. like do you think at that point he genuinely was intending to go through with that and not worry about framing her or reframing her I guess I think maybe yeah like I think all he wanted out of that was the money that he wasn't going to get. Yeah. And if he could convince her to... Mm-hmm. If he could get the money from her, then I don't think he would have gotten out of his way to get Because while he had absolutely no respect for her, he didn't actually hate her. Yeah. And more so than just she was an obstacle. Yeah. Like, he just wanted the money. Yeah. Um, I think he's a very fun character because <laughs> he's, he's sort of presented as, like, just this asshole who just you know, does whatever, and, like, yeah. no one respects him. Um, but he's extremely clever. Yeah. Extremely cunning. Yeah. Um, and we know this from, like, he, aside from Marta, he's the only other one who can beat Harlan at Go. Mm. And that's sort of indicating that he is, <laughs> intellectually, he's, like, on this, a similar level to Harlan. Like, he mm. mentions that he, like, interned with him, or was his research assistant or something for a while. So, like, he knows yeah. all of this stuff. And he uses this knowledge that he has in, like, really clever ways. It's, it's interesting. Like, he seems like he could genuinely have just been successful uh-huh. in his own right if he put any effort in, I guess. He just didn't want to. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he is. And I, <laughs> I'm going to describe a person. And this person may or may not have been me in high school. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's that smart kid who gets really good grades, but has to put in just the slightest amount of effort. Who maybe didn't read To Kill a Mockingbird, but still wrote a final essay um, on the book and got an A+, one of the highest scores in the classes, despite not having done the work of reading the book. He's that kind of asshole. And I also am kind of that asshole. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, but when when push comes to shoving, you do need to put in the work or whatever. You oh do. yes, absolutely. Like, I, and I extremely value. Also, you haven't killed any of your grandparents. <laughs> so you use the word cunning to describe ransom. Yes. Are you trying to push for Slytherin? I think Slytherin makes sense. Mm. I think Ravenclaw also makes sense. Mm. Do you have a different argument? No, no, not not inherently. It just sounded like that's what you were leading mm. towards. I think maybe more towards Slytherin because of the manipulative, yeah, cunning sort of thing. Like he's doing all of this for self gain. He's yeah. not like doing this to be clever. He's doing all of this to get what he wants. Yeah. So this is that case of. We've talked about this a bit recently of, like, just being ambitious isn't the only thing that makes you a Slytherin. You also have to, like, put in the effort for that. And I think in this case, he is putting in that effort. (sighs) Yeah. It's just a shame he can't put in the effort to do anything real. (laughs) Like, he's put so much work into all of this. And it's like, you could just get a job. And that's the same amount of work. (laughs) Oh, and he doesn't want to. It it doesn't help that we don't know what he is doing with his time aside from not working. Like, maybe he just really likes laying around all day. I don't know. It's probably not what he's doing. He's Chris Evans. He's buff as heck. Um, (laughs) Like He's off shooting Captain America. Yeah, whatever it is that he's doing, probably he doesn't see as doing nothing. Hmm. But it's probably something he doesn't necessarily get paid for. I don't know. We this is all speculation. All right, you want to put him in Slytherin? <laughs> but you're putting him in Slytherin. Do you think Ravenclaw? I don't know. I mean, no, you've made compelling cases, <laughs> but I just want to make sure that we're clear here that you're responsible for this. Yes, that's fine. Yeah, so Ransom's a Slytherin. Ransom's a Slytherin. So the next section of our list are the other prime suspects. Mm. Uh, so next up is Linda. Linda Drysdale. Yes, because she married. married. Uh, Linda is the oldest daughter. Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis. I was just like realizing that, like by the end, it's like, oh, that's Freaky Friday, <laughs> and probably something else. That's the only thing I know her from too. Yeah, not even the original Freaky Friday is the thing. Freaky Friday and yogurt ads. Uh, Halloween movies. She reprised the role of Laurie in Halloween Two, Halloween H Two O, Twenty Years Later, <laughs> Halloween Resurrection, and. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween H2O 20 years later sounds buck wild. I've never heard of this before <laughs> and I absolutely need to watch it. What? Well, she's in Veronica Mars, at least the movie version. Hmm. Anyway, Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, would you like to tell me about her character? Oh, um, yeah, so she body swaps with Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist! <laughs> um, she is, yeah, so she's the eldest daughter and she has a company uh real estate she does real estate and she's very self-made and she definitely didn't get massive loans from her grandfather or father or whoever mm-hmm. no she just completely built her own company from the ground up with a small loan of a million dollars and uh, <laughs> she sucks she smokes she <laughs> hates her son and everyone else and doesn't she's the one she She's like the one who's like most likely to turn on everyone else instantly. I mean, the m- instant she finds out that Mark's getting the money, she just starts cussing her out. Yeah. And being a racist shit. And yeah, she's a terrible person. Yeah. She's so proud of herself. <sighs> like, like what, she thinks she's hot shit. What is her personality? I guess she's kind of got that sl- Slughorn Slytherin vibes in that she's like trying to stay close to the people that matter, mm. and that's it. it. Yeah. So she has this like 
secret way of communicating with her father because you had to play games with him or whatever. Yeah, and that was, like, a genuinely nice kind of bit. Yeah, um, but she, like, the way that she talks about it, it makes it sound like because she had this, she was so much better than her other siblings. Like, she (laughs) was the best. She had the closest relationship with her father, and uh, she's the most successful, and her brother doesn't even run the publishing company. Like, it's not even his company, you know? Like, I started my own company. Like, she's got this kind of, like, better-than-you attitude. Yeah. He doesn't handle the film rights and all that and the other, because there aren't any. Yeah, yeah. Very... She needs you to know... That she is the most successful one. <laughs> well, most of them need that, that's the thing. Yeah. Is, is there much more to say? No. No, Slytherin. Yeah, it's fair. Alright, Richard Drysdale. This is her husband. Yeah. Who is also an asshole. Yeah. I mean, what? <laughs> like, let, let's just rule it up. For, unless we say otherwise at this point, assume they are a racist asshole, one percenter, who thinks they're better than everyone else. Yeah. Because, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you really don't feel bad for them at the end of this no, movie no, no. when they've lost everything. It's like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> Does he differ significantly from his wife? Uh, he cheats on her. <laughs> there's a bit, yeah, there's a minor subplot about him having an affair, which is basically, primarily just to set up him having a, an, a motive for murder. Yeah. That is most of what that is. And then, like, there's a letter, and it turns out there was nothing even on the letter, but there was, because it was Uh written in invisible ink. Uh Um. Like, so Harlan tried to make him confess to his affair, which he didn't, because he's awful. Mm -hmm. So they're in. Yeah. Richard's probably a Slytherin. Yeah. There's probably a lot of Slytherins. Yeah. Well, let's talk about a Slytherin. (laughs) Don't worry, there'll be be some non-Slytherins in the lightning bolt round. Yeah. Our next suspect is Walt... Thromby. Yes. This is Harlan's youngest son? Uh, younger. I, I, I don't know. He has, he's only got two living children, right? Yes. He has a son that died. Yeah. I think it's his youngest. I think Walt is his youngest. Regardless. Yeah. He runs the publishing company. Mm-hmm. Translation, he just... He, he puts the books out and that's it. Like, <laughs> he doesn't actually do much. Yeah, and it's just his dad's books. Yeah. Like, it's not like he's managed to get any other contracts or anything. Yeah. He's not doing a very good job. Uh, also, he's fired. Also, he gets... Yeah. His dad fires him for being terrible. Harlan's like, this This is just holding you back. Like, you're not making anything yourself. Go into the world and you don't have to deal with this publishing company anymore. It's fine. <laughs> He's a blind, oblivious moron to everything around him. He's like, oh, kids today on the internet regarding his son having been fucking indoctrinated into Nazism. Yeah. He is either willfully ignorant or not ignorant and just is okay with it. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, willful, I think willfully ignorant because he is an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he sucks. I mean, again, it's more of that Slughorn vibes, but being a shit person behind it. Yeah. It's like if Slughorn sucked, more than he does. <laughs> he's the least ambitious mm. of, of the group, I think. I think he's content to just do the thing that makes him money. Well, he was he was trying to get the film rights. He was trying to persuade his oh, dad to, do, to give him the film rights to sell them so he could do more. Yeah. Like, in that regard, like, he's at least trying to do more as 
as okay. head of the publishing company. I forgot about that. I take it back. He's not the least ambitious. He is more ambitious than he has room to be. Yeah. Which is where the problems come in. Mm. Like, he wants to do more, but is unable to. Kind of fascinating that you wanted to make, put all of the prime suspects in the main the main round, because they all have the same personality. <laughs> they kind of do. Yeah. Uh, they're all just assholes. <laughs> the, like, the reason they work in the plot as different characters is because they have different circumstances, but they're the same person, essentially. Yeah, just different motives. Slytherin! Yeah. And the final Slytherin in the main round. <laughs> um, I don't know. How else would you have I, I, broken this up? I don't know. I did my best. I know. It's fine. I'm not, I'm, it, it's fine. <laughs> it's just like, well, here's the first out of the way. And now Slytherin, 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 Slytherin. Yeah. Slytherin. Joni Thromby. Joni is Harlan's stepdaughter. She married... His dead son. His son who has died. I believe his name was Ned. Yeah. They um, have a daughter who's Meg. Yes. She's the good Thrombi. Yes. So, Joni has, like, a skincare company. <laughs> and an Instagram. She's an influencer. She's, like, a lifestyle person. Yeah. So, apart from the thing that she did that was bad, uh-huh. she seem- she's got better morals than the Thrombies, as A bit, for the most yeah. Part. Like, she at least is not a racist shitbag. Yes. Like, she is act- actively advocating, at least in their conversations, for immigrant rights and whatnot. Yeah. And when they find out that Marta's inheriting the money, rather than trying to be horrible to Marta, she tries to suck up to Marta, which at least is smarter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> even if it was with very obvious selfish intent. Yeah. At least she's not being a racist, terrible person about it. She's being pleasant. Yeah. Um. She. She's not violent. No. In... in the way that some of the others are. She's very, like... I think, I think she genuinely liked being part of the family, and maybe that was because they had money. Yeah. But, like, she still wanted to be... I think she did genuinely enjoy spending time with them. Yeah. And she's just a little bit clueless that everyone else kind of hates yeah. her. The main problem is that she's been skimming money off of Harlan. Harlan has been paying for Meg's college tuition twice, because she's had it sent directly to the college and also directly to her. Yeah. So that and that's gets... why Harlan's cutting them off. Which is valid. Yeah. It's not Meg's fault, and Meg probably had no idea this was happening. Yeah. I do think Harlan was still going to pay for her, like, that year of tuition, which yeah. might have been her last year of he college. Was, he was giving them... Like, he hand-wrote a check in that scene and said it was the last money that either of them would be getting. And she's been at college for four years already, so actually I'm not sure why she needs money still for college. Because you don't tend to do it for more than four years. Maybe it took a year longer... It sounded like she kind of changed her major a few times and that she wasn't super sure what she wanted to do. Yeah. So maybe it was taking a little bit longer than average. Yeah. But still, like, he, he gave them fair warning. Yeah. Like, here's here's the money for this. No more after this. So, like, you kind of have to figure yourself out here. Like, I feel like he, he cuts them off the gentlest. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and I think that's in, in large part because, like, he knows that Meg has done nothing wrong. Yeah. So he's, like, helping Meg get there. He's actually, he's paying for Meg to go through college so that she doesn't have debts, and then expecting her, once she's done that, she'll be able to find her own way. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Why shouldn't she? Yeah. Uh, Joni doesn't want that, though. <laughs> well, Joni just wants to coast. <laughs> yeah. Like she's been doing for the last N years. Yeah. Just live comfortably and get Instagram famous. Yeah. And I get that, like, the scheme she was doing... 
the scheme she had was working. She got the money and made it most of the way through Joni's college. Not sure entirely what her plan would have been after that. I don't know. Um, I feel like a better plan for her would have been to try to remarry. Because <laughs> presumably she married into the family for the money. If for To the, some degree, probably. Yeah, just become a trophy wife again. It's fine. Yeah, like, that's probably what she's going to do post yeah. this plot, I yeah. guess. <laughs> it's like, just go find some other rich guy. Yeah. Um, what house for Joni? Um, she seems a little bit more Ravenclaw than the others, but still probably Slytherin. She's got some, uh, Lockhart vibes. Yeah. The whole, like, yeah, the whole influencer stuff, it's very similar to his books and it's all bullshit mm-hmm. and getting money from elsewhere and from, yeah. from the fame of it. Yeah, yeah, He's a Ravenclaw. He's a Ravenclaw. And an asshole. Is mm. Joni, Joni's uh, a Lockhart. Yeah, maybe. Like, what's her Slytherin traits? Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I was trying to figure None. out how no to... Slytherin traits. I was trying to figure out how to articulate. Um, it's, it's taking extra money, but like, like, like wanting more than she has hmm. is is an ambitious trait. Pulling the scheme off is rather intelligent. It is. I'm I'm inclined to go Ravenclaw. I like Ravenclaw for Joni. Yeah. Yeah. I do think that she like. You, you were saying that most of the um, the kids or whatever, like, they're all kind of the same character. Hmm. Joni is different. The most different, at yeah. least. She's, she's got different stuff happening. Hmm. Well, I think it's time. It's time. It's time for the lightning bolt round! <laughs> Up first is Meg. Meg is the least terrible family member. She's the granddaughter, and she does briefly try to persuade Martha to give the money back but because she's being pressured by her pet mother and aunts and uncles. And she's worried about like her school tuition and stuff. Like she also does want yeah. that for herself. Like when she realizes like oh this means I have to pay for school myself she's a little bit worried. But at no point was she ever unpleasant to Martha in any no. way. Yeah. She clearly like values Marta. She... Hogwarts house. Oh wait this is looking forward. <laughs> um I I think she's a Ravenclaw. Okay. Tell me about Jacob. Jacob is a fucking Nazi. Yeah. Slytherin. He's the Death Eater. He's the he's the worst of the worst of the worst. Yeah. Fucking Nazi masturbating child in the bathroom. <laughs> How about Donna? Donna is Jacob's mom. <laughs> she is Walt's wife. Walt's wife. She has she's in the movie very little. Yeah. Surprisingly um, little to be honest. She is also extremely racist though. Yeah. Like what we do see of her, it is not a surprise that her son is a Nazi. Slytherin. <laughs> Tell me about Fran. Fran is the housekeeper and the biggest victim of the whole fucking thing, frankly. Yeah. She dies and because the family she worked for were fucking evil and she tried to out him. She was an idiot about it. Yeah. Trying to, like, confront Ransom <laughs> yeah. in a warehouse when no one would even know she was there. Shocker, he attacked her because he's already committed murder. Why wouldn't he? I don't, yeah. She's the one who found the body and she's she like kind of panicky and freaking out a, bo- a lot throughout it. But uh, still stood up to try to do what she thought was the right thing. That's true. Gryffindor. I think Because Gryffindor. we haven't had a Gryffindor yet. Yeah, I think friends are Gryffindor. I was about to say Hufflepuff, but she's, uh, she, she's either a Gryffindor or a Hufflepuff. I think... But I'm willing to go Gryffindor. Yeah, going to meet Ransom and, and mm. stand up to him is very brave. How about Detective Lieutenant Elliot? 
Uh, this is the the straight man detective. The black guy? Yes. <laughs> there are like two cops, and one of them is very much the straight man, and one of them is very much the geeking out about... Hamilton. The, uh, yeah, that, that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I think this guy's a Ravenclaw. <laughs> His logic is sound. He's like, I think like this is clearly a suicide. I don't think we need to dig into this too much. And like, mm. he's following the assumption of like the simplest explanation is probably the most likely. Yeah, but you still investigate leads. He wasn't technically wrong, is the thing. Well, yeah. I think he was trying to be efficient. I don't know. I still think he's Ravenclaw. Sure. Tell me about uh, Trooper Wagner. Who's that? The other cop. Okay. <laughs> Why is he a trooper? I don't know. That's what he was listed as on the Wikipedia page. Uh, well, he is, I mean, cop. And shocking, we haven't said ACAB yet. But, oh, yeah, uh, ACAB. Yeah. Um, but he's like, oh, I, like, that's a Hamilton line. And da, 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 and he's, I don't know. He's really, like, he's... Hufflepuff. Big, yeah, he's a big nerd about, like, the books that Harlan wrote. And he's like, oh, yeah, uh, I yeah, love his stories. It. and Yeah, he's a Hufflepuff. Sure, yeah, yeah. Tell me about Nana. Nana is there. <laughs> she saw Ransom. She and saw then, Ransom. And then she saw And then mistook Marta, Marta for Ransom. But thought it was Ransom again. Yeah. That, um, that's the key to unraveling this whole thing. It wasn't important. Because for cool. whatever reason, she just spent several hours staring out the same window. Yeah. It's the old lady house. <laughs> no. No. Ravenclaw. She's observant. <laughs> Also, she's like a, at least 100, probably at least 105, considering Harlan is her 85-year-old son. Yeah. Um, so next we have Alan Stevens, who I don't know if his name is actually said in the movie, but he is the lawyer who comes to read the will. All right. Uh, lawyer Ravenclaw. <laughs> He's so done with the family shit. Yeah. He's like, please, I, I want to leave. <laughs> like, what is Richard at one point is like, Alan... God bless you, you're useless. He's just like, thank you, and gets up to leave. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this is stupid, I hate all of these people. <laughs> you don't get anything because you suck. <laughs> yeah. How about Mrs. Cabrera, Marta's mother? We don't see a lot of her, but what we do see she's trying to be really supportive, like mm. telling Marta's sister, like, stop watching that very gruesome murder thing that you're yeah. watching. Like, she just had a dear friend of hers, like die. Yeah. Uh, helpful puff. Yeah. Tell me about Alice, Marta's sister. Marta's sister, Alice. Uh, my name's Alice? I guess. Uh, um, we see a, about as much of her as Marta. She was very excited for Marta's potential inheritance and kept saying, are we rich? Are we rich? Assuming that she... <laughs> so, actually, she's pretty similar to the thrombies in that yeah. she just wants to leech off everyone else. You know what, Slytherin? Okay. Fine. And finally, the man himself, Harlan Thromby. He honestly could have been in the main characters, frankly. I know. We do know a lot. Well, he, like, he spends the whole movie dead, but we just... We see a lot of flashbacks. We do see him on a lot of flashbacks. Um, and he's, frankly, a very cool dude. Yeah. Like, an eccentric old man who is very clever and writes mystery novels. And... Like, he had a lot of money, but like it seems like he wasn't generally just squandering it. He was... Giving a lot of it to his family. Yeah. So he probably didn't have a lot left over after how much they were milking him for. Yeah. And, like, he essentially paid this nice young woman who worked very hard more than he had to, partly because she was nice and so he could spend mm -hmm. more time with her because she was pleasant to spend time with. 
And he he valued her and her work. And wanted to take care of her and her family. Whether after he died because he put her in the will, but also as he was dying, his, again, his final moments he were fucking planned the perfect crime involving his own suicide so that Martha wouldn't get arrested and her family wouldn't get deported. Just what a cool dude. When the revolution comes, he might be spared if he wasn't already dead. <laughs> so, like, is he. Did he use a Ravenclaw? Yeah. Like, he's still passionate about mystery and intrigue. Yeah. When he's found out he's been poisoned and probably dying, his first thought is, oh, that'd be a good plot for a mystery novel. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, that's just immediately where his mind goes. Yeah, he's he's very creative and very thinking. Clever. And very thinking. <laughs> he's very thinking. He's very creative and very clever and... Very thinking. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying thinking. that because... <laughs> he has a strong sense of sort of like was morally right and wrong. Hmm. Like, he is willing to protect Marta through maybe slightly illegal means um, because he knows that she's a good person. Yeah. And then he's going to cut off his family because Because he he knows... knows that shit. Yeah. So, like, he is a good judge of character. I think there might be a a bit of a Hufflepuff streak in there. We do know that he actually did build his money up from nothing. Like, that was a lot of hard work. Yeah, um, he's but, an author, very successful, well-respected, beloved author. Mm-hmm. Unlike some authors, <laughs> <laughs> unlike some very rich authors, uh, <laughs> I think there's a Hufflepuff streak there. Okay. I think you could argue a little bit of Gryffindor because it's very bold and stuff. Sure. Uh, but ultimately Ravenclaw. Yeah. And that's Knives Out. Sorted. It's a good movie. Benoit Blanc will return in Knives Out 2. Go saw James Bond one day. Yeah. Um, which means, JD, it's yeah. time for sorting it out. Now that we've had knives out, it's time to sort it out. <laughs> Put the knives away, get the sorting out. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I feel we haven't talked about a plot thing for a little while. Mm. And I've got a plot thing. Yeah. That's been driving me nuts for a while now. Okay. The Gryffindor Common Room Fireplace. Okay. Do you know where I'm going with this? Or? No. Nope. In... Or in Goblet of Fire and Order of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. Sirius Black uses the uses flu mm-hmm. to talk to Harry and later Hermione and Ron multiple times. Yes, this was animated incredibly badly in Goblet of Fire <laughs> and, and fine in Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, where they just instead of doing a weird magma thing, they just had his face in the flames. Yeah. Really, should have just been literally his head floating there, like Harry's was with the invisibility. <laughs> yeah. Flow. But whatever. So in Order of the Phoenix, not in the film, but in the book, uh, one time when he's doing that, we then see Umbridge's hand appear, reaching for his head to try and grab him, but, but he, luckily he escaped before that could happen. Mm. So you can just flew into there. And it's not just a case of, like, you can use them to communicate, because in Half-Blood Prince, they return to Hogwarts via flu, for whatever reason, because it was easier, I guess. And Harry, Ron, and Ginny all arrive in McGonagall's office. Mm-hmm. In Prisoner of Azkaban, Sirius tries to break into Gryffindor Common Room multiple times. <laughs> oh! The second time, he does it by steal- having Crookshank steal a list of passwords and he gets in to attack yeah. Ron. The first time, he just tried to slash at the fat lady and she wouldn't let him in. Yeah. He could just flew in! He- the next year, he broke into a w- wizarding family's house so he could just flew- use the flu powder to get in. 
Or he could have just gone to Grim Old Place. There was no nothing stopping him from just going to Grim Old Place the entire fucking time. It didn't exist yet. Which is another thing, really, a separate thing. Like, why was he living in caves and all this shit? He could have just gone to Grim Old Place. I get that he didn't have the protection that Dumbledore gave it yet when it was the headquarters. But presumably no one could have just gone there or no one did go there. Like, it's not like the Ministry will watch it, because they then... They probably were, though. Right. He's extremely okay. wanted. Where do you think he would go? So, okay. But so then, in Order of the Phoenix, you're saying that they just decide, uh, like accepted, oh, we're not going to pay attention to that house anymore now that Dumbledore's made it harder to get in. You, really? Oh. <laughs> right? I don't know. So they can't have been watching it. There's no, po- there's no way it makes sense for them to have been watching it. So we could have just gone there and flew in. But even if we write that out, he if he can break into a wizard's house... If he can break into Hogwarts, he can break into some random wizarding family's house when they're not there. Yeah, his... Use like, the fl- fucking fireplace and flew into Gryffindor Common Room in the middle of the night. Yeah. Here's the thing. He had access to the Shrieking Shack, which has fireplaces. He doesn't even need to get into a place. He just needs the flu powder. Which, he sent Crookshanks to the post office <laughs> to mail order a broom for Harry. <laughs> Why couldn't Crookshanks have mail-ordered some flu powder for him? Or just bought a pouch, like, just had a little pouch and be like, yes, I need flu powder, here's the money, I'm a cat. Sirius did stupider things. (laughs) Specifically, Halloween, instead of getting into Hogwarts, going through all of the corridors and everything unseen, apparently. As a dog. I guess, but still, still, presumably people would have questioned a random dog running around Hogwarts, but... He did all of that. If he'd just used the, a fucking fireplace and flewed in to the common room, he'd have got scabbers fucking easy. No problem. Yeah. Pettigrew dead. But then where's the plot? I don't care. That's not... That, that, it's still a plot hole. Where's the time travel? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe the fucking author needed to write a better solution. Maybe you shouldn't have it so you could just fucking flew into the fireplaces. Because that's insane. That is buck wild. Right? Anyone could get into anywhere in Hogwarts at any time. You would think that, like, the fireplaces would be sort of cut off the way that you can't apparate. Yeah, yeah, Like, you can't apparate into Hogwarts for that same security reason, Mm -hmm. right? Like, so that people don't just show up at the school. Because it's a school. Yeah. You shouldn't have the fireplace, at least not the student fireplaces. No. Like, maybe maybe the professors can each have a fireplace or something. But, like, <laughs> the fireplaces shouldn't do well, that. Well, they But those fireplaces, those fireplaces wouldn't be monitored at all times. Yeah. Dumbledore can have a fireplace. He's still going to be monitored at all times. He, the hat. Dumbledore's never fucking there. The hat. The hat will keep an eye on things. And do what if someone shows up? Send Fox. <laughs> uh. Send a portrait. It's better than nothing. If you need flu powder, or if you need, like, a flu network in some capacity, do that. Like, there are absolutely ways to have done this differently and done this better. And, like, it really is only for the sake of... Well, no, it's, it's not only for the sake of Prisoner Azkaban that this is the thing. Because it's still insane that anyone could do this at any time regardless. No matter whether they're escaped from Azkaban or not. With houses, we know that people can also just do this to go into people's houses and it's used like a telephone. Yeah. But there's nothing stopping people operating into people's houses, for the most part, apart from manners. Yeah, it's just rude. And then, like, fucking, fucking in Half-Blood Prince, there's the whole thing about having a password at the door to let people in in case they're someone else in disguise or whatever. Or, or whatever. But 
those people can still just apparate in. They don't need to go to the door and give the right password. So, ways to sort this out. Uh-huh. Don't have it so you can just flew into literally anywhere at any time for any reason. That's insane. It's <laughs> wild. You can establish that just the phone call face thing is a separate thing, right? Sure. So Umbridge's hands showing up wouldn't fit into that. So that's got to go because that was weird anyway. And just say like, it's not actually sending anyone. It's just like opening a communication channel. And that's sure. okay. That's, that's just the common rooms have yeah. a phone that, so people can talk to their parents. <laughs> sure. That's, that makes sense you know even. I'd show that happening sometimes yeah. even. Have like a fucking sign up sheet to use the fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that makes lots of sense. It does. Why do they just fucking write letters to each other? This is so stupid. Such shit. And like the main way you fix that is just take out the bit where Harry, Ron and Ginny show up in McGonagall's office by flu powder. Which didn't add anything anyway. There was no reason yeah. for that. It was just a bit. It added nothing. Yeah. Just have it be that they still arrived by train because you literally, you can't do that. And I get, they were establishing, they were saying that that was like a special alternative situation mm. as a one-off because of the situation. Yeah. Though it's not used under more dire circumstances at other times. So yeah. that's still stupid. But I mean, yeah, that's the main way you fix that. Or Alternatively, have it so that Sirius is communicating with Harry via a different means. Like that mirror? I mean, <laughs> yeah. And like, I get it. Like, Harry then didn't want to use that. <sighs> like that fucking mirror? <laughs> Does that fix it? Because you can't spy on a mirror. And just, like, we have the bit at the end of Order of the Phoenix was like, oh, Harry found the mirror and like, he could have communicated with Sirius the whole time or whatever. Just have it be that Sirius didn't have the mirror on him at that point. Yeah. Like, Instead of it being about creature, like, willfully allowing Sirius to be murdered. I don't know, like, many of these problems in this area, they're not even, like, they're caused by such tiny little nonsense nothing things. Yeah. They barely even need to be fixed. It's just take out these moments that don't add anything. They just make the logic worse. Yeah. I wonder how much of this is, like, stuff that would have been fixed with more intensive editing. Maybe. Like, I know that the later books especially were being rushed. Like, they weren't they weren't given the time that maybe they needed to, <laughs> to sort out this kind of nonsense. Because there was such a high demand for them. Hmm. That no one questioned this kind of stuff. I don't know. I think that might be part of it. Maybe. But you're right. It's It's... Some bullshit. Yeah. And that's how I'm going to sort it out today. That's so, fair. Thank you for listening to Sorted. And thank you to the Pocket Podcast Network for hosting us. You can find other cool shows on the network such as... Cult Classics. Them's the Facts. And our other show, Pokemakers. Thank you to Matt Giacomo of the Wampum Willows for our theme song, The House of Awesome theme song. And if you agree or disagree with our sorting, you can find us on Twitter at SortedPod. You can also find us both individually. I'm at CodenameJD. And I'm at Pichu, P-T-C-H-E-W. And while you're there on Twitter, tweet it as your favorite knife, and we'll sort it. <laughs> Please! <laughs> Send me cool knives! Bye! Bye! Start a new house and it's called awesome. Start a new house, it's called awesome. Start a new house and it's called awesome. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket. 
Hi, I'm Brittany, and I have a bachelor's degree in film and television. And I'm Jessica, and I have a bachelor's degree in equine studies. What would happen if we put our heads together? We would come up with the new best worst horse movie. Like a movie where a horse is the best hard-boiled detective the city has ever seen. Or a movie where horses are fighting in the front lines in a space war. We're doing just that here at Colt Classics, a new show on the Pocket Podcast Network. Join us every other Monday for good horses, bad plots, and all the bad horse movies you never knew you needed in your life.